Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's a Lakers snack pack for you. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Joe Soro as Ox1947 today at lakersball.com plus he has a great company which is the reason why he's just a little tardy today that he's so busy because he does a lot of great work and you can check it out today and be part of that great work that he does if you live in the socal area and you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today then check out symbolates just like on his shirt symbolates symbolates with the y.com also our good friends at lakerholics.com you know they're going back and forth already on the latest rumor and news that's come down to the NBA that might affect the Lakers, and they're talking about it today at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet and also as well the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom. Hopefully they'll be able to come out with their own show again, another episode coming out real soon on Lakerholic Spotlight, so we'll see. But that's right there, of course, starts at Lakerholics.com. Also as well, I want to go ahead and check out our good friend, Mr. Stone Hansen, he's working hard. Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. He said he is going to be back on the show after the NBA Draft is all set, settled and done. When the dust settles and everything goes okay, once again, he could take a step back, breathe, and go ahead and come back on the show to talk about the Lakers offseason moves that he thinks that need to be made. But you can find him right now at Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. Also, as well, I want to go ahead and mention that I was a guest on the Domination Sports Nation podcast by good friends, Chris and Dom Lardieri, who also do the Inside Sports Fantasy Football with me. They have their own great show. Please check out my latest appearance on that show today at the Domination Sports Nation, wherever you get your podcast. I actually put a link in the description below, so go ahead and check it out today if you're on YouTube right there or wherever you get your podcast. It's a great conversation where I talked about the Lakers, the NBA, so much more. Also as well, Golden Knights, and of course, the latest news in the golf world. So go ahead and check it out today, the Domination Sports Nation. 
And if you could also go ahead and like and subscribe today, please go ahead and do so. Our good friend John McCallion on YouTube. And of course, hit the little Joe today on YouTube so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Sacred Fast Break. It is Gerald Glassford. And of course, Mr. Joe Sor is also here today. But I wanted to go ahead and say after Game 3 the NBA Finals, again, something in the news is overshadowed. The actual series itself, which I think just states about the fact that because it does not feature two marquee teams as far as the L.A.s, the Boston's, New York's, but they could say the Miami Heat are a marquee team, but the Denver Nuggets being brand new to the final scene, not garnering maybe enough reaction or enough importance that something is always overshadowing it, like in this case today, earlier this afternoon, Chris Haynes from Bleacher Report and TNT reported that the Phoenix Suns are working on some final options with Chris Paul on how to, I guess, either extend him as far as his, his you know, maybe make things a little bit easier on them financially. And uh, maybe one of those options that they're looking at strongly is waving because that's the first thing that was mentioned was waving him. There And actually, Sham Sharani a little bit later on, of course, because he can't let Chris Haynes have all the fun. Sham Sharani comes back with another side of the story that says, actually, Phoenix is going to sit down. And same thing with Woj. They stated that uh, Phoenix Suns are going to be getting with Chris Paul on a very myriad of options, including possible waving, stretching, just possible options, trade scenarios, which I don't think would happen because of just simply the fact that the contract, if he decide to, if he decide to extend it would actually not be very fiscally financial, uh, viable for a individual of that age. So we look at that as far as Chris Paul, though, if he gets waived, if he becomes a free agent, where would he go? Of course, immediately the rumors head straight to L.A. and the Lakers, and yes, the Clippers too. But mainly the Lakers, because all you see is LeBron and Chris Paul's face pop up together. Here today to talk about a possibility of that happening is a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what he does today and every day at LakersBall.com and Simblades.com. It is Joe Sorrow and Joe Intel Wild says, I think CP3 would be perfect for the Lakers. Feed AD easy buckets and take the ball handling off of Braun. CP3 for the mid-level, please. I will say as a devil's advocate for it, if you get him maybe for the mid-level, okay. But the problem is the devil's advocate. The transition game does not help at all with Chris Paul in the lineup. I think he needs shooters around him in order to be effective at this age. Otherwise you could be asking for a little bit too much at this stage of his career. The only way this works is if Chris Paul signs a veteran minimum. There's been some talk that there's a trade that could happen, uh, which I don't think anybody's going to trade for CP3. Uh, And... For the Lakers, they can't risk signing him for anything other than the the vet minimum, so that they can get acquired talent with their exceptions during the uh, free agent period. This this plays into an interesting scenario. We have seen Chris Paul pretty much fizzle out 
almost every year the last few years due to some kind of injury or some kind of mental lapse. Mental lapse as in maybe burnout. I I don't want to say he chokes. I know a lot of people have said that, but I I just think the word choke gets thrown around a little too much, kind of like uh, great and legend uh, after one good game here or there from certain players or one, even maybe a one good season, but Chris Paul could be an asset for this team. Um, if Darvin Ham can use him as a cover for LeBron during the year and vice versa. Now I joked on our email chat <laughs> that if you gave Chris Paul 24 minutes a game, and gave LeBron James 24 minutes a game, that would be a pretty darn good setup. You'd preserve them throughout the year, and then you could at least unleash LeBron at the, during the playoffs. Got to get more shooters around him. Well, sure, of course, and that's why it's imperative that if you were to get him, it's got to be only the veteran minimum because I'm expecting the Lakers to get a shooter, whether through the draft or whether through the exceptions that they will have available. And the other thing that's needed desperately, almost the same, is a center. The Lakers need at least one really good shooter this offseason and one really good center, someone decent. If you can get one veteran player that can also come in, which this is now materialized, you can go into next season, barring any crazy injuries, being able to be a championship contender. Another interesting name on that would be that that might solve at least a little bit of both problems, Kelly Olynyk. So if Utah does not pick up, this is similar, and I'll get back to Chris Paul here on exactly what his contract is, how much they would have to pick up. It would they wave stretch? We'll get that in a sec. But the reason why I say a shooter and a center is because you know he stretches the floor. The thing is, though, will Utah pick up his entire twelve million dollar salary, or will he just go ahead and pick and uh, for the non guaranteed part of it, just go ahead and pick up only the three million that they have to, and then send him on his way? That's that's something that may be of interest. Although the twelve million might be of interest to them just as a trade you know, kicker to send someone out as far as a piece, a tool, the $12 million salary. So we'll see what happens there. Plus Utah is nowhere near the cap. So I think that they have a little bit of flexibility to do that, but it would be interesting, especially if Kelly Olenek does become available to do a couple of the things that you said just there. But when it gets to Chris Paul, Chris Paul right now, again, they're discussing his options, whichever way you hear it. Chris Haynes outright said they're going to waive him. Then you had Shams and Woe saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Phoenix is actually going to go ahead and, and they're talking to him about all the different options they have. It sounded like Chris Haynes was talking to the camp of Chris Paul, and it sounds like the other guys are talking to the camp of the Phoenix Suns. But right now, the Phoenix Suns have the option to partially guarantee the $30 million salary he is currently owed for next season. That would be $15 million in order to go ahead and just to partially guarantee and just say, we're going to send you on your way. There's also a $30 million uh, 
non-guaranteed year after that. So if he were to get paid in full, it would be $60 million. But you and I both know, Joe, at this point in time, he's not going to collect that. So an option, and I was thinking about this 12 years after the famous trade that was vetoed by David Stern that you obviously have had issues with over the course of our time here talking on the show, that may finally come to fruition 12 years later. Yeah, too, too little, too late. It cost Kobe the chance of getting a sixth ring and Chris Ball being a champion at this, at this point in his career. Kobe Bryant and, and Chris Paul were deeply close, a lot closer than people thought they were. Uh, and the reason why they were is Chris Paul is one of those guys that criticized guys like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan for being – let's say, not mentally there to, to try to win. And, of course, being that Chris Paul hasn't won, it was always that resentment of, well, you haven't won Jack squat. Why are we listening to you? And that, that that's carried with him his entire career. Uh, it's unfortunate that it went that route. I know it's easy to dislike Chris Paul because he does come off kind of whiny. But if Chris Paul will... <laughs> If, if that trade had gone through, it would be a completely different career. And it, I believe it would have been a career that had a couple of championships. I agree. Unfortunately, uh, we're at this position now so many years later. Looking at the way the team is constructed currently, luckily the Lakers do have youth on their team. Uh, the majority of, of, the, of the roster is young talent, including Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is only 30 years old. So the Lakers, as far as Kelly Olenek, I, I would welcome him as a center. He would be great playing next to AD and being that guy that could back him up when AD sits. That's that's the kind of talent you want at, at that position. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a free agent. I just don't think we're going to they're going to price him out. I think yeah. he's going to get priced out, uh, although if for some miracle we can get him for the MLE, that would be the biggest acquisition of my, 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 up to me. Coming of off the, that season? No. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just saying, if, if that were the case. Uh, Didn't he lead he did, the league in blocks? He he was leading the defensive player of the year for a while there. Until, yeah, until I meant the, overall blocks. Blocks per game went to Jaron Yeah, Jackson he's – he's. I got to give it to uh, Brooke. I, I, he – Started shooting well late in his career. Yeah. Played start playing defense late in his career. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected this. It's very Jokic like. No one expected a second round pudgy guy to turn into what he's turned into. And nobody and, remembers him posting up down low for all those years in New sure, Jersey. Sure. So with that, I mean, yeah, he was a twenty point scorer who didn't play defense. That was kind of his his image. And didn't and then, rebound. It didn't rebound. Yeah, he would be the 20-point guy that would get, what, five rebounds a game, six rebounds a game? Max. But he was he was leading – he was a leading defensive winner all year, and and, and Triple J kind of, you know, uh, separated from a little bit towards the end there and ended up winning it. I I don't – I would – that would be it. That would be the, the, the acquisition of the season. If the Lakers were able to somehow get lucky to get somebody like that, then you can start focusing on maybe getting a, a couple of the shooters and hopefully getting something in the draft that that resembles someone who could play defense and shoot. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, 
could be a possibility, but I don't think so either. You uh, never know, Joe, because the reason why I say we saw on tonight's game for game three of the, the NBA Finals, you saw someone picked in the 20s, Christian Braun, or Christian Brown, I should say. It's spelled like Braun. Christian Brown giving uh, the team off the bench uh, exactly what it needed to go ahead and, and get this team to, to victory in game three. So you never know what you can get as far as a contributor that late in the first round. We are a couple of really good moves from helping LeBron and AD sustain themselves through the regular season. And that's really what this team needs. LeBron has one more year where he can probably be a LeBron a little bit, not what he was before, obviously, but just maybe what we had last year, but without him getting tired towards the end and maybe not having a torn tendon in his foot, which I'm still waiting on how that's going to get figured out. Is it Was it a partial tear? Was it a complete tear? I don't think it was a complete tear, obviously. Will it heal between now and training camp? His age and his miles, unless he's doing some kind of performance enhancing something, I don't see how that's going to get fixed without some form of surgery. At least I'm not a doctor, but I, 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 I've been around sports enough to know that foot issues don't go away the later you get in uh, your career, especially if you're going to play basketball again four or five months later. So that's something that I'm, I'm also paying attention to during the offseason, how that gets addressed. And then what what what's AD going to do about his foot issue? Is he one move away from ripping his uh, plantar fascia or whatever they call it? I don't know. In the uh, chat, uh, they're going the way of Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley is better than what we have now. <laughs> and, and that's the problem. So I, I don't I don't think really there's any room to 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 to, to be picky here. Let's get yeah. somebody that can do something. I guess Some, you're right. I, I yeah. guess you're right, Chad. I guess you're right. Chad. Yeah, Chad, you're right because there's and that might be the most realistic one. Nas Reed is not realistic. Uh, BZ, sorry, I don't. I don't think that that's he's going to cost too much money. Yeah. But Plumlee could would be the guy that I think can work because he does have some talent, and we've seen him play. Matter of fact, he's had some he's really good, good passer. Yeah, he, rebounder, he's had some, big he's body. Had some, he's had some really good games against the Lakers, and for AD, he AD needs to play power forward. I I think we've gotten to that point now. He needs to be able to play power forward. If you want AD to be MVP AD, he has to stay at that position all year. He'll 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 have less issues with physicality there to where he can stay healthier and possibly be fresh towards the end of the year just like LeBron would be not guarding three people all year, you know, all over the place and and, and be more effective when it matters. I, I really believe that. I really believe that even though he's still somewhat in his prime and still young, if we can keep him fresh for the playoffs as well, it's only an added bonus that we can get the full capacity AD throughout the, the playoffs to make a run possibly for another title. I still would take, I still would take Zubats over Plumlee. That's personally the personal choice. Intel. I understand that that uh, Tyron Lou uh, fell in love with Plumlee uh, during stretches in the postseason, but I think that still, I think Stubot still has a little bit more uh, variation in his game 
and and still it could be a better fit. But then again, that's just crying over spilled milk because at this point in time, Zubats is probably never coming back to the Lakers because of you know what's gone on as far as the trade and his way his contract's laid out. Plumley, if you could pick him up for under ten million, you know, pick him up for what mid level, maybe. If you get a good shooter in the draft, if you get a shooter in the draft that can play some defense, if Max Christie is showing you something even before where he might be someone that could be the the guy that can take the next step and hit open shots, then you can you can risk throwing some higher money on a legitimate center, which is desperately needed for this team right now. They desperately need a legitimate center who is serviceable. We don't need a star, but a serviceable center would go a long way. The problem there, yeah, the problem there, G, is he doesn't have free throws. <laughs> but luckily, he's not likely going to get getting the ball down in the post in, in crunch time. He's he's going to just do what he's good at doing, is which is pass and, and hopefully play a little defense. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. Please support him today, of course, at LakersBall.com and his great company, Symbolades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Once again, I want to mention that I did guest appearance a guest appearance on the domination sports nation go ahead and give my friends a big shout out right there please go ahead and give it a listen they work really hard on their podcast they had a great time with me he's going ahead going over the various things that in the news and the sports world regarding the nba finals the lakers the warriors uh, and some more nba news plus also everything going on with the nhl and, the, and the professional golf as well so go ahead and give it a try domination sports nation there you go, indeed. But my friend, let's get back to Chris Paul and CP3. Let's put on both sides of the equation. Uh, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be dead set against getting Chris Paul like I was with Russell Westbrook. I'm just telling you, if you get CP3, you need shooters around him at this stage of his career. 
they are also one of the big benefits of the Lakers was their transition game and the pace. You would not have the same anywhere near the same pace with Chris Paul, who could no longer push the ball up court at a high rate of speed. Those two things you would need, you know, or have to come to grips with if you decide, you know, you bring him in. But as a playmaker, like you said, LeBron's minutes would be reduced as per your request, as per something that I, I myself and basically all fans request as far as having, uh, you know, LeBron plays less minutes because you do have someone that can make plays. He can still hit the, uh, the mid-range jumper. He can still be effective with lobs with AD. Your thoughts on this, my friend? Again, there's a little bit of for and against why you would pick up Chris Paul, but it depends to me on the price tag. If the price tag is right, why not? Yeah, the price tag at vet- veteran minimum, and you have a veteran player who's seasoned and can bring some value. Whether he plays bad or not is irrelevant at this at that point. You you risk it at the veteran minimum, and you know he gets along with both AD and especially LeBron. Yeah, I don't see any 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 downside there. Even if he hits the wall two months in, it doesn't matter. So it's it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk to get somebody in there that could be a benefit down the road. Should he make it through? But the Lakers have to make sure that they get two things this offseason, and that is a shooter either through the draft or somewhere in the free agency, and you have to get a center as well. And I think you, I think multiple shooters, personally. I think two um, shooters I'm hoping it. that Max Christie can be one of those guys. As far as getting multiple shooters with just an ex, uh, the mid-level exception, just one. I know, that's you, hard. You're not going to get anyone of, of substance. You're going to need someone to either come about, much like guys like Austin Reeves and Alex Caruso. And at, at the beginning, you had uh, – uh, wow, drawing a blank here. Uh, our second-round pick that went to Utah. Oh, you're talking about uh, THT? THT, yeah. So uh, they're, 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 you're going to need something like that. Uh, for a second, I thought you meant Jordan Clarkson. That's no, no. Well, Jordan Clarkson would be a welcome uh, – that would be a definitely welcome uh, as a, as a as a six man for sure. Uh, uh, BZ eight hundred eight is asking which show which shooters are you looking at specifically? If that's the case, I mentioned one with Kelly Olynyk because they have it. He fills a need in both areas. That would be yeah. ideal. Yeah, that that you would almost I, here's here's if I had to pick a realistic setup as of right now, getting Kelly. At center, does it solves the center position? It set it set it settles or uh, it covers the backup to AD when he sits, and he can shoot, which means he can spread the floor out and allow LeBron and and others to operate, especially Austin Reeves. If you have if Austin has some room, he's also good at penetrating and and getting the end ones. Uh, absolutely, I'd say if if the Lakers got Kelly Olynyk. You have a major win. Then you just got to hit on the draft. You hit on the draft, and Max Christie improves because he's got the length and he's shown a little bit of defense. If he can start hitting shots, that's how you build a team. Because then you're factoring and bringing back Reeves. You're bringing back Vando. You're probably bringing back D'Angelo Russell. So you do have a young core. You do have a good team there to work around with 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 LeBron and AD and 
maybe there's a buyout player down the road that could also add to the to the to the to the fold. And then you 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 go after it after that. You go after the title then, uh, or you continue to go after the title from there. It's 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 gonna be something we're gonna have to kind of see how it plays out. I just don't I don't know. I don't feel like this free agency is going to garner a lot of high-end, high-priced players, but I've been wrong before on that. I really think they're going to pick up Kelly Olynyk's contract. Uh, It is a $3 million buyout if they decide to go ahead and let him go. Uh, $12 million for the full contract for next year on the final year of his contract if you decide to keep him. And I think just for that number and what he brings to the table, I think borderline he would probably be picked up by Danny Ainge in Utah. They have enough room under the cap and flexibility to go ahead and do so. So, I don't think we'll be that lucky and he'll be he'll be waived. So if the Lakers do want to trade for him, they're going to have to find a way to go ahead and get it tw- at the $12 million mark to go ahead and get him. Maybe packaging him some sort of deal that you could package with uh, Jordan Clarkson would be would be a really good deal that, that would take care of a lot of things for the Lakers right there. Grayson Allen, the most popular guy in Milwaukee. <laughs> and I'm joking. And if you know the Milwaukee Bucks and the way they ended their season, you know why. Uh, was a name that BZ808 said has a contract currently at eight and a half million for the final year since contract. Your thoughts on him? He's not exactly the cleanest player in the world. He's actually one of the dirtiest, to be quite honest with you. But he can hit the three as long as you're not relying on him for a last second shot. You never know. Uh, he's gonna as want a- more. He's probably gonna get more than the MLE. I'm assuming. No. Well, no. He's still on a contract. If I yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I don't. I have. I, I didn't hear anything about Grayson Allen. I don't think that would. I don't think that's even an option. As a rotation guy off the bench, yeah. I, I, this. I think there are better options. I know Bruce Brown is gonna be a free agent. He might be an option. DiVincenzo is going to be a free agent. He could be an option. I mean, Joe Ingles is a free agent this year, uh, but I don't know if he's going to be within our price tag. So there are some guys out there. You're going to have to wait for the money to basically run out to see who's available and yeah. which one you'd want to go with. I, 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 it's hard to predict that. It's really hard to predict that. We're gonna, we're gonna have to hope. We're gonna have to hope <laughs> that uh, somebody doesn't pick up those guys. But usually, guys that are Dead-eye shooters are not going to be left behind. So, and Grayson Allen, again, you can't play him on the defensive end because you saw in the playoffs they were hunting him down on every play, which was part of the reason why Milwaukee, you know, they were forced to play due to injuries, just their rotation and the lack of depth uh, with the guys that were able and capable. They were forced to play Allen a, a, a you know a predominant amount of minutes, and unfortunately bit them in the end because he wasn't able to get, you know consistently hit a shot as well as he did in the regular season, and his defense was uh, unfortunately, as we've seen with D'Angelo Russell, uh, not quite up to what you need to do. So uh, you're saying until Wild, you need a guy like Allen. I think he'd be a nice rotation player coming off the bench, but if you ask him to do anything more, I think you're asking for trouble. Uh, BZ808 says Brown is going to command a lot. I know absolutely that just based off his very nature is, you know, that, that he was coming off so arrogant to all these other teams that he's playing against, including the Lakers that, you know, coming off what after tonight looks to be maybe an NBA finals run with the championship. He's going to be looking for a nice payday. And I don't think the Lakers will be able to go ahead and, and 
fit that price tag as well. I, I'd say he's trying to go ahead and push towards 20, 20 million on up for himself as well. Bruce Brown? I think he's going to try. I didn't say he's going to get it. I no, just said fit, uh, 15 no to way. 20. Uh, you can try all you want. He's not getting 20 million. Hell no. Uh, I wouldn't mind having Josh Hart back. Uh, he's not a dead eye shooter, but played 76 games this year and hit 7, 37% from three and is a good team guy and has been here before. I wouldn't mind seeing if that could be an option with, with, with an ML. With the, the, he, the Knicks love him though. Absolutely. I, I know. I know they love him. What's not the love. He's, he's a really good player. He's a winner, won title in, in Villanova and overall good guy and can play. I, I think that, that that's the kind of player you want. You want someone who's going to kind of inspire uh, without having to have the the main guys inspire, I think those kind of guys are invaluable to a to a title team. Uh, it's going to be fun. I will say this: I believe the Lakers are going to put this together. I have very very high confidence in that they will. Uh, the draft is is honestly the probably the most exciting part of this is is because it's it's in their control. Who are they going to end up getting at seventeen? that could be the, a, a difference maker because the Lakers, if they hit on that dra- draft pick. Now imagine this. Imagine if they had drafted an Austin Reeves or an, uh, an Alex Caruso at 17. It would be a huge win, right? But they got those guys off the scrap heap. So imagine if you can get 17 and have it be a player that is borderline all-star. Something like that. That's a tough ask. It, it would be in any era except now. Did anyone believe? I mean, we know Rob didn't. You know, Gerald, you've mentioned his contract acumen. <laughs> Always giving two-year contracts and having to get into this situation. No foresight, right? man. It's called right? foresight. Right. So the foresight needs to change now, right? It needs to change. You guys keep developing these freaking studs who you're not even drafting. You're not even drafting these guys. And now Austin Reeves is, is he going to get $25 million? Like, that's the question now. It's its no doubt he's getting 20 Look at that. He, he-, com- he comes in from an undrafted player. He goes now. He's playing in Team USA this summer. And he's, he's dating, dating ta- ta- David Taylor. Taylor Swift? This guy's living the life. Swifty. Although, you know, there's been too much uh, activity with Taylor. I think I, I that kind of would, would weird me out. But anyways, that's a different subject for a different time. But the key here is we're talking about the 17th pick in the draft. You're talking about picking the 17th BP, uh, best player available, BPA. And in the NBA, you, you, you do that more than any other draft, typically. You, you, you have to pick best player available in the NBA draft. There's only two rounds. Can't really go by need a lot of times because the talent outweighs the position. If anybody taught the world that, all you got to do is look at the 84 draft. Don't ever go with, oh, I need this position because I already have this because Portland could be sitting with six titles now instead of zero. Or I'm sorry. Um, they did win one in 77. I'm talking about after 84. And... We're in a position now, this is the highest draft pick we've had since, was it Brandon Ingram, number two? 
I'd have to check. I'd have to check to see if there's not someone later than that. Or was it Lonzo I, I, at two? It might have been Lonzo. Sorry. I think it was Lonzo. Lonzo at two in 2017. Yeah, because he's younger than yeah. Brandon. Yes. Yeah. So 2017, we drafted uh, Lonzo Ball at number two. That's the that's the last time we've had a pick like this uh, in the first round, or at least a high pick in the first round. If we hit on this, Gerald, and he's effective right away, do, do you feel that Austin was valuable his rookie year? He had promise. His he had promise, year. right? He showed some promise. That's why when he got off to that first, you know, I was very hesitant to get on board fully with him because, you know, with those undrafted players, you never know what you're going to get. And it, early in the first part of the season, you knew he was struggling. He even was sitting down for he was not in the rotation at, at certain points at the beginning of the season. So I was worried about him being relied upon and not being able to fit the mold of a rotation player in the league. And obviously we've seen that he's grown by leaps and bounds since the beginning of this year and uh, this calendar year. And he's, he's done more than that. Obviously he's playing at an unreal level and I'm really happy for him and his success. I know that, uh, but uh, you're, you're, tell uh, you're, He's going to be overpriced. It's what Joe has talked about. Houston or San Antonio could offer him a hundred million dollars, and that could be more than what the Lakers are allowed to ask. Even ask him. They they do they can throw an exception at him, but they're only allowed to go ahead to a certain point, salary wise. Houston and San Antonio could offer more than what the Lakers can go ahead and afford to pay. Well, I'm, I'm wanna I wanna get at what Howard said. Uh, about yes. Alex and Austin being exceptions in the NBA, having one undrafted player that that is a first team All NBA, and then a, uh, a, a, a and then a non drafted player that is garnering at least twenty million per in his next contract. I don't know if those are exceptions anymore. One would have been an exception, but this is the second time. This is the second time they've done this with an undrafted player. And the Miami Heat have been very good at picking talent that no one sees because who's in charge there? Pat Riley. Pat Riley comes from Laker blood. The Lakers, we've said this a few times, the Lakers, as bad as they were for almost a decade, still were able to get talent, whether they were drafting them or whether they were picking them up uh, off, 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 off the waivers. They have not really failed in that arena at all. And the NBA is getting to the point where it, it is, you are able to get talent that isn't seen as talented players. It's just, it's, 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 it's a new era. They are doing it. And I think the 17th pick has massive value if you get the right person. Massive value at this point in, in the NBA. You have two guys who have won an NBA championship and a finals MVP in the last four years. I should say the last five years if you count this season. In the last five seasons, you've had two players that were the best at the the best player on a title team which was Kawhi Leonard in 19 and Giannis in 2021 whom were both 15th overall picks 
So it's recent history. You don't need a top three player anymore to have a star. And look at what's happening tonight. Jokic had a 30-20-10 game tonight. You will never see that again in the finals. Except maybe Jokic. And he's a second-round pick. He's a second-round pick. A pudgy Serbian guy who looks nothing athletic is running game on the entire league at the highest place you can do it, the NBA Finals. So now what? Why wouldn't I be excited about the Lakers having a 17th pick, being that they've been developing non-drafted players as well as they have, and, and drafting players... Granted, they're not megastars, but Brandon Ingram is an all-star. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star. Julius Randle was an all-star. Jordan Clarkson is six men. They've been drafting, and they've been picking up guys, and they've been creating these players. Josh Hart, Nance, all productive players. So why, am I, why wouldn't I be enthusiastic about the possibility of the Lakers possibly picking up a borderline all-star at 17? I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. A borderline. I'm not saying he is, but there's a chance with their development and the way the NBA is going right now with the talent being able to be picked up later in the rounds. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro from Lakersball.com and also Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, along with me, Gerald Glassford from the Lakers fast break. Truly thank you for watching, listening. Uh, before, I wanted to mention Howard Hill real quickly. He says the 17th pick is extremely valuable these days. I agree. And, and with the Lakers history of, you know, drafting good rotational players, Players that make contributions either on this team or another team, uh, I think that's something that you can take a look at and be confident that the Lakers can make someone, you know, at 17 that that actually can make a contribution, or they could package it, which is something that's also been talking about as well. We'll talk about that here in a second. But Jamal, uh, new viewer, uh, thank you so much for watching this thing. You said some nice things about us in the comments, and we truly appreciate it. Thank you as well again for checking us out here at the Lakers Fast Break. He says, hey, what do you guys think about a hypothetical trade for the second pick for the Hornets to get Scoot Henderson? I see stardom in that guy. You're not the only one, my friend. I actually got a chance to watch him in Henderson face off against Victor Wembyama in, in the person. I, I felt privileged to do so. I thought it was an awesome experience. Scoot Henderson showed me that day the drive, the initiative, the, the determination, the it factor, I think that if he stays healthy and 
get some semblance of a consistent outside shot beyond the mid-range because I thought he was pretty good in the mid-range. And also his drives, very athletic. And also uh, in the second half, when the when the French team focused in on the defensive end around him, he became a good distributor as well. So I see stardom in that kid as well. I think he should be the number two pick in the draft. Anybody who's talking about anyone else at that pick outside of Scoot Henderson, I think is mistaken. And that's just my opinion. But after seeing quite a bit of footage, I agree with you. I just don't think the Lakers, if you're not trading AD to Charlotte, has anything that the uh, Hornets would want for that for that pick? Wait, what happened now? For what? Why no, he's there... asking. He's asking for a hypothetical pick between uh, you know Charlotte if we're with the Lakers. Anyway, oh, no, we can guys, get good. Come on, no Charlotte. Uh, there, no, just, yeah, that's yeah. that. No one's no one's trading the second and third pick in this year's draft. You're getting three guys in the first three picks that are likely going to be stars. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I just, I, I just think it would be outside of trading AD, but I don't think Charlotte. It, you know, even if they get AD, they would not be ready to. Win. Let me put this in perspective. Let me put this in perspective. If if the Oklahoma City Thunder called San Antonio and said, "We're going to give you ten first round picks," which they have, and Scoot, uh, not Scoot, uh, Chet Holmgren, Holmgren, they still wouldn't. San Antonio still would not take that package for Wenbinyama. Yeah, I just I think you cannot pass up. It's impossible. Sorry, this is not this is not the Dallas Cowboys trading Herschel Walker to, to the Vikings. This is a completely different sport. I think One, Brandon Miller is going to be good, Joe, but uh, Scoot Henderson uh, BZ, I think the Hornets would be making a Mitch Kupchak sized mistake if they they pass on Scoot Henderson. I don't I understand balls there, but uh, missing out on Scoot well, ball ball is if you got Scoot and his potential, you you don't worry about ball. You you let that kind of play out as it needs to play out, and yeah. then if you have to trade him for something, you trade him. You trade ball because I believe Scoot will be a star as well. Scoot yeah. is very similar to a John Morant without the uh, six shooter. Yeah. Brandon Miller is is going to be a solid player in the league. I don't know if he has that it factor stardom. I've seen him play quite a bit at Alabama. Uh, you know, regardless of all the other stuff, the baggage he brings in, the you know the part that he played in that criminal investigation, he was cleared of it. Regardless of that stuff, you know, I just don't think he has that je ne sais quoi to get him over the top. But then again, you know, we're all speculating. We we we're wrong all the time and we're right some of the time as well when it comes to these draft picks draft picks it's just like a shot in the dark sometimes but i will say though that uh you know when it comes to the lakers any you know there's a possibility they could try to move up but i don't know exactly how much of the assets they have that could actually get anybody to say or buy in on saying okay i want to move up into 15 14 13 because that's realistically, if the Lakers were to make a trade on draft night to move up, that's probably as far up as they could go. They're not moving up into the top 10. No, I, no. And you don't need to bother yourself with that. This is just roll with what you can control. Stop worrying about jumping the shark or whatever the analogy you want to use or phrase. Enough. Enough of all that crap, guys. You reg- you You set the team back 18 months by... Taking a long shot. Yeah. And whether we agreed with it or not, it was a bad deal. And it made everyone miserable and it made the Lakers lose. No more, guys. No more. 
you have one more year, really one more year with LeBron, one more, and you have to make that year count by making sure he is preserved until the playoffs. So well, you're you also do- not counting out, not counting in AD, which Jamal uh, said very astutely in the comments. I mean, you know, AD, we're not, I don't want to go into an AD extension because that comes up in August. And I know that's been the source of conversation this week as well. I don't want to touch on that. That's something we could touch on for another show because that's content for this summer to talk about. Because I know that you and I have get, had long conversations on AD and we will do so again. But it's not just the window for LeBron that we're talking about, but AD as well. I'm not worried about AD. I know that sounds weird. But I'm not. He's still young, and he's still capable of being the best defensive player in in the in every game that they play in. But it's you have to look at this with some common sense. He hasn't been able to focus on his own thing. He's doing too much, whether it's on offense, whether he's on defense, or when he's on the bench. He can't relax okay he cannot relax and when 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 i used to see it was shaq shaq couldn't relax he couldn't relax especially in that 2000 series i'm sorry 2000 season and and the reason why it worked was he was in shape he was motivated it was his mv only mvp season we were able to get around it but it was a struggle it was a struggle we had to go five against sacramento we had to go seven against Portland. We went six against Indiana. It was a rough end, but they made it. And then notice when they got Horace Grant the following year, which was the last year Horace Grant was effective, it changed everything. It gave them that power forward that kind of backed them up a little bit, and they went on a run. And then – we kind of went back to like 2000 in 202. I'm sorry, 20, 2002, and we barely made it out of that. And then finally ran out of gas in 03 because his foot had to, he had to go get surgery on his toe. And you know that, you know how all that played out. Yeah. So we need AD. If we want to make AD, and, and there's so much going on with this Westbrook thing and all the chemistry and all that. So now we've got a fresh slate. Now we're going to go into this season. AD showed guts. AD showed that he could play with pain. AD showed me a lot this year in terms of his mental and his fortitude. So now we need to help AD be the best player possible. The best player possible. So Get this guy a center that can at least spell him when he sits and please devise an offense and have enough talent to allow him to play his natural position and let him do his thing and let him do his thing so that he can be fresh for the playoffs. If he's fresh for the playoffs and he's playing and there's continuity in the lineups like it was in 2020 with JaVel McGee, and Dwight Howard come off the bench. Look what you had. Oh, don't, don't keep saying that because Luca get on your case because uh, he was last week on our case on that. So well, Luca, talking about talking about the terrible job that Frank Vogel did. Never seen a worse job in, in a long time. Luca, worst job Luca, God bless him. 
yeah, Luca, God bless him or her. I don't know which one it is, but Luca tends to talk a little too emotionally. And sometimes we got to talk him down a little bit on, on, on his emotions because we're not stupid. We watch these games. Vogel gets, he, he got a lot of flack that he didn't deserve. And he, he was a big part on why the Lakers won the title of 2020, whether he won to believe it or not. Yeah. And, you know, a company guy, I know that kind of was what bothered me. I think he said the right things all the time. It bothered me, but because I, I, I like somebody that's a little bit more, you know, up front. But then you see a Mike Malone, sorry, Michael, and then that looks obnoxious. So either you're doing one or the other, and they're both irritating. I'd like, I like a little balance sometimes, but it doesn't matter. But they, well, I mean, with, with Vogel, he didn't even get to choose his staff. Same thing with Phoenix. He comes into Phoenix with a five-year contract. They're already keeping, what, Kevin Young. They already signed him to the richest assistant contra- uh, coach contract in the NBA so that they could keep him. You know, Vogel doesn't even get to pick his staff, seemingly. Yeah, anyone anyone who hires a coach that doesn't allow the coach to hire his own sidearms is kind of weird. Uh, it, it's just a disrespect beyond disrespect and they still he still won a championship well because you he's a great defensive coach and he had the best defensive player in the league i'm sorry Giannis. that break during covid i don't know if people got amnesia during that break but ad was absolutely robbed of that defensive player of the year award absolutely robbed in 2020 AD was the best defensive player on that on that roster, uh, on in, in the league in 2020. And Frank Vogel is a defensive coach that's really good at teaching that position or that area. And he won a title because of it. And in, you all you got to do is watch Game Six. We've said it before. Watch Game Six of the defensive NBA Finals. Transition. That's was all it was. Freaking believable. Best defense I've ever seen. I'm not the only one that said it. I, there were guys on TV that that I actually have some respect for that actually mentioned, I think it was Tim Legler, yeah. how amazing that defense was in that last that last game because it looked like Miami was spent after game five. The three-point shooting went up and down for the Lakers yeah. and seriously up and down, but the things that were there each and every time and the Frank, Lakers Frank won, Vogel, Frank defense Vogel, and transition. Frank Vogel took an Indiana team with a 22-year-old Paul George and a freaking Roy Hibbert. Granted, he was a second in the – look, he made Roy Hibbert – a runner-up for the Defensive Player of the Year award, Roy Hibbard, Roy Hibbard, and Paul George took him took Miami in its in LeBron's prime prime to seven, and probably should have won that series if Paul George could hit some free throws. Uh, yeah, so, it's it's, I mean, it's look, it's we are we all we all do it, but I'm I'm trying to better myself. I try to better myself every day. Every day of my life, I try to better myself. And in this situation, now that we're somewhat public people talking about the Lakers, I think we need to also understand that we need to get better as analysts and speakers of this particular subject. Because what's the point? Get better. Do better. What did LeBron say when he was asked stupid questions at a press conference? Do better. He got up, picked up his purse, and walked out, right? You've seen that meme before, haven't you? Yeah. It's time, it's time we start doing better. We had a catastrophe that we were able to finally get out of. Now they've been doing everything right. Now it's time for us to support 
the fact that they're doing everything right and support the fact that they have control over everything they need to get right now because they really don't have any bad things going on. D'Angelo had a terrible series, had a terrible series in Denver. But so is a lot of players in Miami too. Maybe it's Denver. Maybe it wasn't D'Angelo. D'Angelo got exploited where he is terrible at. So being surprised that he couldn't guard anybody, if you're surprised at that, then you're not watching football. Right. There's a reason why he was traded and has been traded so many times. So now it's Darvin Ham and the Lakers part. Now that they're going to have an offseason and a training camp to at least devise a system or some kind of offense that says, look, D'Angelo, we know you're not going to be a strong defensive presence, but we need to make sure we can exploit them with your offensive skill set, which is really where the problem was in that series. If if D'Angelo scores 15 to 20 points, at least in half of those games, Lakers are going 2-2 the first four games. So I ask you this, my friend. We're going to circle it back. Before we touch on the NBA Finals, before we head on out, once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate everybody watching and listening. Thanks so much for joining us again. If you have not subscribed already, please go ahead and hit the little Joe Soro with the big eyes right there for you, uh, right there below on the right-hand corner of your screen, right there for you so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live with our next Lakers Fast Break. You can go ahead and try and see if we can get a – least one or two more episodes before the week is up. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask you and circle this back around to CP3. Again, if you pick up CP3 for the right price, I'm not going to argue with that. But you have to make changes. No longer will the Lakers be in the top five in pace. Uh, you have to build shooters around him that shoot and make consistently. They cannot be in the lower third of the three-point accuracy and three-point makes, three-point shooting. They cannot be in that with Chris Paul around. There has to be some concessions made in order to maximize Chris Paul at this point in time. But again, at the right contract, at the right price, he could be very beneficial to us in the regular season. Veteran minimum, 15 to 20 minutes a game. I think that's a huge win for the Lakers. Huge win. If you can play him 24 minutes and you play LeBron 24 minutes, huge win. I mean huge. You learned something about the current NBA culture this last year. You went in as a seventh scene, barely getting in because you were a play-in. So now, if you know that you can turn it on in the playoffs, well, manage the game during the year. Make sure LeBron is playing no more than 29 minutes a game at at the most. And use... Chris Paul as that guy that can cover the other minutes. And then you'll have D'Angelo and you'll have Austin Reeves that can take ball handling duties. You'll have enough. You will have enough to manage throughout the season. If you put AD in the right spot all year, you have some continuity with the lineups then you're, 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 you're setting up the team to be very, very successful. Because that's, that's, that's another big thing because people forget we, I think, either led the league or were in the top three by the end of the year in most lineup changes, starting lineup changes. Over yeah, the it's, it, 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 it's a testament to how good LeBron and, and AD were and the team in general. The fact that they dealt with such lack of continuity 
lack of consistency. They played with essentially two different teams last year, and they still made it to the Western Conference Finals. There is something there. Usually it's not when you're a Laker fan, and of course it's still a failure because it's LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD have to win a title every chance they get. If they don't, it's not a successful season. However, if you can put together the right ingredients here in the next few weeks and month, once free agency starts in July, then you give yourself at least one more shot at allowing the Lakers to the, the, the LeBron AD era to win possibly one more title. If this team constructed as those two stars wins one more title, you're talking about a immensely successful union. Multiple titles for LeBron AD era. They set themselves as they're already great players, but they set themselves as great tandem for the greatest basketball team on the planet. That's a hell of a title to have. Yeah. You know, LeBron might solidify a statue if he does that. Just saying, it, it could be. Could be indeed, but again. And, and, and more important than any of that is, guys, 18, right? That's what this is about. 18. Imagine LeBron, LeBron, LeBron comparisons to all the all-time greats and all that stuff going on. One thing, there's a few things here that LeBron can 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 add to his status. He's won three NBA titles with three different teams. He's won four total, but he's won three with different teams, right? Won finals MVP in three different teams as well. That means he was the best player on those teams. It's not like he was just like John Sally where he played for the Pistons, Bulls, and Lakers, right? This is a guy that was the best player in those title uh, runs. Now imagine if LeBron wins next year or the following year, and he's the guy that took – the greatest franchise in NBA history to the top status in titles. That's scoring title, all-time scoring title, three-time champion for three different teams, and then you help the Lakers achieve the top spot in titles all time. Come on, that's that's a that no one no that you you can't even play with that. Like you can't argue what that is. It's it's. It's all-time of the all-time of the all-time status. And I'm I'm hoping that it works out. I really do. Not, not only, obviously, for LeBron, but for, for the Lakers and us. And it'd be fun this time next year talking about how the Lakers are about to hang up number 18 and pass those green turds. And that ultimately is the goal for us, absolutely 18 indeed. But... Keep following us here all summer long here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, my friend, it is the NBA Finals. And uh, tonight we did see the Nuggets regain home court advantage with a a performance. Basically, they ran out and hid away from the the Miami Heat. They went and put in a cruise control. One by 15. Just another dominating video game-like performance from Nikola Jokic. But the key to me, again, is Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray is hitting along with Jokic, that's the thing the Lakers could not ultimately stop, was both of them together. 
And this is something I talked about even before we got to the Denver series, which was why I was extremely concerned out of our panel, the most concerned openly on the panel in regards to Denver's because of Jamal Murray and what I thought he would be doing and, and how well he could play. And we're seeing that now, my friend, when he's on, they're just really hard to stop. You know, I, I thought the two-day break, I know it's because they had to travel, but I thought the two-day break was a detriment to the Miami Heat. And I'll tell you why. Every single schmucky talker out there was just just showering themselves about how amazing Miami was in game two. And I'm sitting there going, you guys are just setting this up to just blow up in your face. And everything in my body told me that Denver was going to blow them out today. Everything. I'm like, dude, they're just – all Denver was reading for two days was Miami has their number. Miami's got them. They came back from eight, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, Denver's going to come out game three, and they're going to shellac them. And they did. Denver, if they come out guns a-blazing, I know that they've kind of had a habit of blowing big leads, but if they come out guns a-blazing again in game four – this is going to be a short series like we predicted for sure. Yeah, we can see that. And, uh, I mean, when you've got a player like a rookie like Chris Braun, Chris Brown, spelled like Braun, coming off the bench, uh, contributing like he did today, that's just, you know, that's Austin Reeves-like, my friend. That's just uh, some, something unexpected. Now, he was a first-round draft pick out of Kansas late, tw- you know, in the actually early 20s you know, like Walker Kessler, you can find those contributors in the draft. So the Lakers at 17 have a chance to get someone who can make a contributing factor, can be a good rotation player, can make a solid contribution right away on a winning team. Yeah, we 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 can get that at 17 if we hit on it. And it could be it could mean wonders for this team if you do. Because you 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 don't have to worry about paying that guy a certain amount of money in free agency, and it is a young player. On top of that, you you hit on the seven you hit on seventeen and you hit a really good player with the mid level exception and get a veteran minimum player like a Chris Paul. You absolutely go into next season fully equipped to to make a run. Only a major injury could could set you back. That's it, which is you can say that about any team. Yeah. That's it. That's as simple as it gets, guys. And the exciting part about it is it's under our control. We don't we no longer have to worry about no one's gonna trade for this guy that we have because of his contract. We don't have any of that worry this offseason. Just we the don't picks. Have, just yeah. the, just and, and by signing, let's say D'Angelo at a at a it's going to definitely be at a lower price than it was before we saw him in the Denver series. And that's the only good thing coming out of his poor performance. Exactly. It might, it might be a blessing in disguise down the road, right? It might be. Although I think if the Lakers had beaten Denver, they would have beaten Miami in the finals. So not, not really, but the reality is they, they might be getting, they're likely to get him at a lower number at this point. And that that's a benefit for them to, hopefully continue to sign guys that they want that are still in house that that could contribute next year i.e Rui and of course that'll depend on how the contract with Austin Reeves goes on if Austin gets let's say 18 million let's just use that as a number 18 million for four years 
uh, let's say 20. Okay, let's say 20, so it's an even number. Let's say he gets 20. Let's say he goes, you know what, Lakers, forget about everybody. I'm just going to take a four-year, $20 million year contract. Boom. Okay, good. And then you get D'Angelo at $20 million for four years. Now Rui gets a little – you got a little bit of hope of getting Rui back in. But it's got to be like at a 12 number. Can be at like 15 or 16. If you do that and you hit on 17 and you're able to get a backup center for the MLE and sign a good veteran player for the vet minimum, like a Chris Paul, I don't know how you could have a better offseason. Howard Hill, uh, thrilled one last question in there before we head on out. Should we trade Beasley? Mo? The thing is, we actually have to pick up your contracts. Uh, Beasley's at 16 and change, and Moe's at 10 and change. You have to pick up those contracts in order to go ahead and then trade them. Would you pick up their contracts? That's $26 million going somewhere else. The question is, though, who wants them? No one. That'll have to. They'd have to attach. So let's say, let's say, for, let's say for discussion purposes, the Lakers, the San Antonio or Houston, drops twenty five per for the next four years for Reeves, and the Lakers decide not to match. Rui ends up getting twenty mil for two years somewhere. Lakers don't sign. Right. Let's just say that happens. I think because Vando's coming back, and I think D'Angelo's coming back. Oh, yeah, four, so those, four million for Vando? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, so those guys are coming back. I think D'Angelo and Vando are coming back. Now you have $26 million that you're going to have to sign to keep just in case. Because if you sign D'Angelo at $20 mil per, and then you have Bamba at 10 and then you have uh, Beasley at 16 now you have $46 million that you could trade if need be before the trade deadline next year to get someone else. A lot of this is contract hoarding, so you can actually have a chance at doing something later should someone demand a trade like Kevin Garnett or whoever. Not Kevin Garnett, but someone like Kevin Garnett in terms of a a player that's very, very good or great and is then you just want to get rid of them, right? Like, just like Brooklyn's like, I'm we're tired of this guy, we'll trade him anywhere. But even then, like, who's gonna want Beasley, Bomba, and D'Angelo? You're gonna have to figure out a way to give them some kind of a valuable draft that pick, 29 which they're not first, gonna have. That 20 to 29 first is the only one thing that Lake I mean, left it, yeah, yeah, sure. If you if you uh if you package a deal for Lillard. But yeah. that's for 45. You're talking 45 starting point. You have to go ahead 45 million for, for Lillard to get him. I mean, you, you, have, you have three guys that are making 46, so that the contracts match. That would be the only thing they would, but but Portland would have to agree to that, which they won't. Would you if you're Portland? No. <laughs> not for with what? all the not with all the marijuana smoking in the world. You would, you would, okay. If, if, if my, course. if, well, let me just say this. If my room was filled up with marijuana right now, smoke, and I was high as a kite, I would still not want that trade. It, here's not, how it, not, it, it here, here's the only it. way it happens. Are you ready? You if you do. Are you ready? Yes. Damian Lillard goes up to ownership and says, guys, I've been loyal to you. I tried to win a championship here. We're 20 and 38 right now at the before the trade deadline. I really want you to trade me to the Lakers as a 
as a, we appreciated what you've done for us. And then ownership would go, okay, we want to accommodate Damien because he did, he did a lot for us. He stayed loyal as much as he could. We want, I want, I want to go to, uh, Damien would have to go. I want to go to LA. I want to go to Lakers. Please make it happen. Now, what do you ask for, right? What do you ask for? Now, here's, here's, here's the likely scenario before that. We, we talked about this Beasley, Bamba, and, 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 and D'Angelo thing. Look, I don't, they're not. I don't. The Lakers. There's almost concrete evidence that they're not going to let him go. So Austin's coming back. Vando is coming back, and I'm pretty sure D'Angelo's coming back. So with that, should Damian Lillard go to Portland ownership a week before the trade deadline and says, "I want to go to the Lakers," the Lakers are going to have to trade Austin, D'Angelo. And maybe a pick in 29 for Damian Lillard. At the very least. At the very least. Do you make that trade? Yes, you make that trade. Because Damian Lillard is a different ballgame. And if you have Damian Lillard in the Denver series, even if it's just no depth or whatever, doesn't matter. We are going to the finals. Well, there you're trading, you know, the fact is you realize there you can't guard Murray. So what you do is you try to outshoot Murray. You try to outscore Murray. Yeah. That's the only Murray thing. has to Murray has to exhaust himself guarding Lillard. Now his effectiveness on the offensive end takes a hit as well. If you watched, if you paid attention to some of the, uh, like here, uh, George Carl got a lot of flack in 96 for not putting GP on Jordan earlier. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but the point is he didn't have Gary Payton, the defensive player of the year at that year, at that at that year, on Jordan from game one. Why? Because he needed him to score, right? That was his that was his his thought process. Well, they went down 3-0, and Gary Payton basically told Jordan Carl to eat it. I'm going to guard Jordan. And Jordan had two of his worst if not the worst performances on offense in game four and game five in, in NBA in his NBA finals career, because it's, it's a high pressure situation and it's hard to play both. So sometimes you need to, you need to kind of sacrifice one to do the other one. Well, in that situation, Jamal Murray isn't hitting those shots late in the game because he's tired of guarding Dame Lillard and Dame Lillard, Lillard is a problem. Because he can shoot from anywhere. It's him and Steph Curry can shoot from anywhere. It's frustrating. It's exhausting guarding those guys. So yes, it's it's a. And if it, if if it wasn't for the Lakers, I, I would never even bring this up. It's it's not going to likely happen, but it it's possible. It's very possible, sheerly from the fact that Damian Lillard has been so good for Portland, so respectful that. How would they not be able to accommodate him if he requested that trade? I don't see it. I see them helping him out. As much as they would hate to trade him to L.A., at least they get Austin Reeves in return. At least they'll get a a valuable pick in return. And for Dame Willard, he gets a chance to continue to play with A.D. even when LeBron retires in two years. So there's a benefit there. That $60 million contract isn't as bad if LeBron's off the books. We'll see, my friend. It's a, it's it's a 
it's it's pretty crazy because I, I just read a quote yesterday with Dame Lillard and he is starting to hint. He is starting to hint, guys. His excerpt interview was very telling. Yes, he is start. So it, this is why I'm excited. This is why it's exciting to be a Laker fan because that kind of stuff happens for the Lakers because it's happened. I mean, we got LeBron James, guys. He came to L.A. And they were a, a, a absolute disaster before. That golden armor never goes away, guys. We're royalty. Regardless of how bad the current monarchy is, whatever you want to call it. Come on. We're, uh, we're the LA Lakers, man. We're not, we're not, even when we're down, we're still up. Jamal thinks we need to bring back Moe's, Mo and Beasley to leverage our cap space. Uh, the thing is, though, with the Lakers being a tax team, you can't, and, well, uh, Jamal. You can't. We can't sign everybody. Back. We can't. Yeah. We can't. Yeah, they. Well, actually, we can sign everybody. Genie Bus will probably say no to at some point in time to say as far as you know being able to sign everybody. If that makes sense. I think Genie Genie Bus and, and Rob Palenka will limit the number of individuals that they re, that return to Lakers. Yeah, I, I don't. It's it's just common sense, guys. Their, their priority right now is Austin Reeves. They're going to sign Vando. Vando and Reeves are coming back. They're, I have not been given any indication that, that that's going to change. The The only thing that we're waiting on is how much is D'Angelo going to keep take? Because if somebody comes and offers D'Angelo 30 mil, he's gone. Yeah. And then at that point, it makes it easier to sign Rui. I'm okay with however that plays out as long as we got Vando and Austin back. Rui will, will sting not having him back, but... That's how this plays out sometimes. You know, it's just what it is, guys. You can't sign everyone. And if he gets too much money, it, it, you can't, you can't, there's only so much playing time you can, you can give someone, especially if you draft someone that's really good at 17. It, 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 this is not enough time, guys. A, a rotation in the playoffs usually is seven or eight people. So, and then if you, if you want a center and you want a veteran player that you're adding to that team to be, uh, valuable parts in winning a championship. You just added two more positions that need to be playing. So it's it, it's it's going to be an interesting one. But we'll, we'll we'll I think one way or the other, I think we'll be okay getting out of uh, free agency with at least guys that we're going to be happy with. And we haven't even touched on Dennis Schroeder, uh, you know, very much so far as at this point. And we don't know what his market value is per se. Uh, he did have a promising season, you know, coming back from being off the scrap heap, doing well overseas, then coming back and playing, uh, you know, and giving the Lakers at times a lot of what they need. There was times that it was frustrating to go ahead and watch, but you know what? He played hard, played solid defense for us and, you know, in and out of the scoring, inconsistent at times on that end. But tell you what, uh, you know, it was great having Dennis back, especially for what we paid for him. He's not going to go for that same price again. So we'll see whether or not we keep him. But then again, a Chris Paul, you know, becomes available and the Lakers are interested in him. That probably means Dennis would be going. Oh, hundred percent. If, if they get Chris Paul, Dennis is gone and maybe they know that Dennis is gone anyway. So that's, that's going to be the path anyways. It's uh, fortunately Dennis or Chris Paul, whichever one they end up with they'll play integral parts in winning a title or trying to win a title. 
ultimately the Lakers need to fill the two major gaps that they were in desperately in need of during this last season. And that was uh, getting someone who can consistently shoot, which it seems to be like every year. Uh, and then of course, a legitimate center, a legit center. We can get those two at least will be fine. And we could have one of those already on the roster. If, if Max Christie ascends to a productive role next year, he could be at least one half of what we need. Maybe we get another guy similar to how we had Caruso and KCP. If it, if one wasn't hidden, the other one was both played really good defense, no matter what, right? Like that's really what the Lakers need. They need two players that can, one can shoot one, one game. Well, the, we don't need the other guy to shoot as well, but both play good defense throughout the year. We can get that this off season and it could be Max Christie. Could be. Could be. And then if you can get another one in the draft, who knows? We'll have to, you know, that, that, that could be what, what, what puts us over. And then health. Health is going to be uh, important because we need LeBron to stay healthy by, so that he's fresh at the end of the year and same with AD. So that's why having some depth here and having some players that can contribute and contribute game in and game out, that'll allow the Lakers to, 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 go, into the off, to go into the playoffs with some momentum, real momentum from a full season of continuity. Dennis or CP3? That would be the question, Jamal. He's conflicted, uh, but leaning CP3 for production and playmaking. That's a good question. That, uh, um, I'm, 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 I'm 50-50 at this point. I, I am as well because, you know, whatever you get with CP3 on that end, you lose as far as defense. Uh, you know, both guys are not great on the transition game, so there you have it there. But Dennis is younger, uh, a little bit better defensively. But again, it's 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 50-50 for both. But again, CP3, you know, could change the dynamic for the Lakers in a much more positive way. And then we could see it implode like, you know, we saw with Russell Westbrook. So you never know. I mean, a player of his age, he gets injured a lot and is out quite a bit. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But it is the Lakers fast break. Uh, we'll continue to provide consistent programming for you every, every week. Just stay with us. Uh, Appreciate everybody watching, listening. Once again, go ahead and make sure you check out, again, my friends at the Domination Sports Nation. I am their latest guest this week, so go ahead and check out my thoughts on a lot of subjects around the sports world. The Domination Sports Nation, it's a great show, and I actually put it in the description of the YouTube and also the audio podcasts are out there. You'll see it right there for you in the description, so go ahead and check it out. But I appreciate everybody watching listening. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Uh, well, we're a couple weeks away from the draft. Uh, I think we're going to continue to analyze this, and we'll probably start getting a, a little bit in, in depth with, with what, what could kind of come about on draft day. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I am also looking forward to getting in, into this new CBA situation. You had emailed everyone the Larry Kuhn uh, details on things. I had it. I got that while I was driving. So was, as soon as yeah. I saw the, the details on, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to go read this. Cause I haven't had a chance to really d dive into the NBA, the new NBA setup. Yeah. I sent you the, his latest uh, episode that yeah. he was on. It's a lot of information, but I'm, we're going to do our best to study it, learn it and 
convey it here on the show so that you guys can get some productive, realistic, common sense ideas of what's possible for the current CBA, for the Lakers, for whatever. Because I'm tired of listening to buffoons who have no idea how things work yap about stupid garbage. I will say this, though, before we leave. BZ808 says, are you expecting any draft day moves? That's an excellent question. Maybe getting another second-round draft pick like they did. They bought into the second round last year and got Max Christie. The thing is, though, with what they have as far as assets, they can't really move far up into the draft. Maybe that you might see a trade for a future second-round draft draft pick thrown in there to get maybe a pick or two up, but they really can't move farther up in the draft with what they have as far as assets to throw at somebody. What they can do, though, is use that number 17 for an established player if they're really in a serious win-now mode. But what that what does that get you? The seven, What does the 17th pick in the first round draft, the, up this upcoming draft, what does that get you as an existing player? That's very interesting to see. You're asking me what 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 we could expect, what kind of a player? Let's say let's say they want to go out and, and start shopping for an existing player out there, not not you know they use that 17 pick because they have to make the pick uh, due to the Ted Stepien rule. But they, I, they, have, they can make it for a team and then trade that for an individual. It it, it would have to be. Honestly, for, for, for the Lakers, at least if I was the general manager, if you're gonna trade the 17th pick, it better be it better be for a package that you're bringing some kind of third guy in that really would make this team go. Otherwise, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. It would be a sign and trade with let's say Austin Reeves involved the 17th pick and change for a Dame Lillard. That's it. I know we don't want to chase the third star thing. We don't want to do that. But there's a difference between chasing a third star who's not a third star and chasing a third star that is a third star. Matter of fact, he'd probably be the number one star. (laughs) Uh, LeBron would take 1A and AD would take 1B. There's a difference there. There's a difference. Well, maybe something like that will materialize. Obviously, reported right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I don't think it will. If it does. But it's possible. It's possible because we've already gotten tidbits from, let's say, Damian Lillard that he is going to test some things here. If Portland doesn't start winning, he is probably going to demand a tra- When would he demand a trade? Next offseason? I don't think so. I think if Portland starts out 20 and 30 this year, this next year, I think I think Portland does them a solid and trades them. I think he requests a trade finally. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. This Did anyone think AD was going to be a Laker? Well, no. He knew he wanted to be traded as he as, wanted to be traded, the, yeah. and he has no affiliation with LA. He's from Chicago. There was never any discussion before that he wanted to go to LA. But once he said, I'm going, I want to go to LA, New Orleans accommodated him. And I, I believe that Dame, Damian Lillard would be especially Damian Lillard. That they accommodated Anthony Davis and they didn't even like Anthony Davis at the end. Portland loves Damian Lillard. The, 
Damian Lillard has pulled his everything out of out of everything of his heart for 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 Portland. They would be they, they would be a disservice if they didn't honor his wish. But he would have to go to management and say, "Please trade me to the Lakers for good for all time's sake." We'll definitely uh, see what happens, and we'll keep on reporting here at the Lakers Fast Break. But for Joe Soro, it's Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this thing. Looking forward to more great content producing this week. Looking forward to it. See if we can do something maybe here on by Friday. Definitely thinking maybe even tomorrow even. We'll see what happens as the news breaks because you never know. The rumors and innuendo and news never stops. Plus also the questions on what the Lakers will do this offseason also never stop. And you'll find a lot of the answers hopefully right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.